of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, welcome to this episode of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holter with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man who is known as the shop, the barbershop, the Spider-Man, number 59 in your program, former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. And we're going to dive into it. First of all, it's Raiders week, man. All this bus driving and stuff, it's, uh, it seems like it's live, man. It's, it's real this week. Man, Raiders week is something that each season, if you talk about two games, there are two games on the calendar. Raiders coming here to Arrowhead and us going out to face them gnarly, gnarly. Those, man, we want to kick their teeth in. We want to punch them in the gut, grab them by the you-know-whats. And, uh, but it, it, it's, it's so exciting to see that rivalry come back to life. And, you know, people say, hey, can it be a rivalry if one team wins over and over again for the last, you know, five, six seasons, just totally sweeping them, totally just, you know, taking them out to the barn and, beating them up like they're your little brother. No, that's not a rivalry. But now it's a rivalry, right? They circle the stadium. Do what you want to do. You know what? We're going out to Vegas, and guess what? My money's going to be betting on the Chiefs this weekend. Well, the Chiefs kingdom looking for a win here, but this podcast focus, and by the way, rocking the Bose uh, headphones 700. Uh, I know. I, uh, hey, hey, we're, we're, we're good. Um, these are fantastic, by the way. I mean, the best headphones you and I have ever had, not even close. And coming into the holidays, a chance to check these out. You can go to Bose.com, look for these Bose 700s, uh, like no headphones I've ever had. I've used them I'm daily. Uh, so they're awesome. So check it out. But this podcast, the Defending Kingdom podcast, is focusing on why we win. Mm. Now, let me set this up, Shop. All right. When the Chiefs have had moments, let's go back through 61 years of history here, all the way back to the Dallas Texans in the AFL days. The Texans won the 62 AFL title. The next year they moved to Kansas City, they have a losing season. Mm-hmm. Um, then the 66 team wins the AFL title, Super Bowl one against the Packers. The next year, don't make the playoffs. Understand different format. 69, they win the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl four. The next year, they don't make the playoffs. In 93, the Chiefs make the AFC Championship game. The next year, 9-7, and seven, Joe Montana trying to make it through the year. Uh, wild card team barely and get drilled by Miami. Couldn't back it up. You played on the 3 team, 9-0 and start. People are fond of that team. The next year, we start 0-4 with two home games uh, and start, I believe, 0-3 or 0-4. Here's the point. The franchise prior to Andy Reid taking over the chair had never been able to follow up a great season with the great season. Now in eight years, the Chiefs with 85 Andy Reid wins have done this for eight consecutive years and gone to the AFC championship game, won the Super Bowl and zeroing in on another one. Here's my question to you, because very shortly we are going to hear from Chiefs chairman and CEO Clark Hunt about why we have won. You played in this league. You know how hard it is to win and win consistently. When you look back at the last eight years, why are the Chiefs now a team that is winning year in and year out like the Steelers have done for 50 years and the Patriots have done for 20? Well, when when you ask me as a player, I guess, you know, a player is always asked to be able to focus on the target or the task at hand, whether it's the single play, the drive, the game that week, that week's opponent. 
And you ask the coaching staff, you ask the general manager, you ask your president and the owner of your franchise to have the visionary aspect, to be able to look beyond just one season, to be able to look eight years down the road and want to build something that when you call a legacy or a dynasty. Players just, we have to stay in the moment. We have to stay in the now. That's how players become great at what they do because they have to force themselves to stay in the now, can't look beyond the, this week's opponent. What Andy Reid has done is he's come down and laid a format. He blueprinted what a championship team was going to look like. He knew it started with a legendary quarterback, an elite quarterback. Uh, you you got to give him in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You got to give him somebody to protect the quarterback. And then somebody on the defensive side of the ball to get after the quarterback. Every team needs a great pass rusher. And then you need leadership on both sides of the ball. And you need a consistent special teams uh, kicker and punter. Those are the, the, the fundamentals when you talk about building an Andy Reid's program. What does his teams always have? What is the consistency you see season to season, game to game? It's those attributes that have let him uh, lead this organization into what we call the promised land right now, right? The Midwest. This is God's country. Uh, everything comes up roses. Every time he draws up a play, it ends up being a good thing. Um, but that persistency and consistency is a uh, obsessiveness with understanding the process is so much greater than any one product. And he believes in that process of building a championship team through those key players, key figures. And it's only one way to do it. You have to be trustworthy. You have to be honest. You got to be hardworking. You got to be humble. But one thing you got to be is you got to be obsessed with letting your personality show on the field and putting your team in front of yourself. It's like Andy had the vision when he took the job because he, he could have taken several jobs. Go back to January of 2013. But when he took this job, it's like he saw what you just said in his mind, like an Old Testament prophet, and he's lived it to fruition. But I'm going to tag it one more thing here before we hear from Clark, and it's going to deal with that family. Clark Hahn had to act decisively and make a big investment when he got Andy Reid back in 2013. The investment, not just financially, but in every way, shape, or form by the Hunt family, and I'm Clark and his siblings and his mom, has been dynamic to me in to build this for eight years. Look around this league shop. There are so many issues with owner. Look in our division. The transfer from one generation to the next is an issue at all three other division teams right now. The Hunt family and how they engineered that transition, but then made a dynamic decision-making and uh, their commitment to me is unparalleled in the 60 years. And I, I, nothing against um, Mr. Hunt, the founder. He did it too. But this group, it's amazing what they've done and it's easy to take it for granted. Well, every player would say they want to follow a man that has the right type of character has the right type of integrity, um, that is built the right way. And Andy Reid, no matter what's where he stopped at, in college, in the pros, in Philadelphia, or here, he's always, he's always been somebody who you know that, you know where you lie. You know where you stand with Coach Andy Reid. He doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He treats you like a man. He doesn't try to waste your time. He doesn't meet just to meet to kind of keep you out of trouble. He expects men to be men. Come out, be ready to play, be prepared, understand your role on the team. He wants to get everybody involved. He wants to be everybody. He knows this game. Everybody can't be a part of our team every year. This team, if, if you're good, you're going to be uh, desired by other teams. 
There's going to be teams willing to pay you more than they can afford to pay you here. He applauds that. He wants guys to go and be able to take care of their families for generations. He knows how special it is to play in the NFL. And he wants to bring together 53 guys that all understand how much of a privilege it is to be a part of the NFL, but not only be a part of the NFL, but be a part of the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, the commitment and development and the putting the right people in the right spots. Clark Hunt has been magnificent uh, since the beginning of 2013, even I mean, buying Super Bowl rings. I try to try to, on my phone, it blows up. Like I can't even figure. I mean, it's crazy what the Hunt family has done. And they've really set the tone now of being the prototype NFL franchise. Earlier in the week, I sat down with Clark Hunt and asked him the same question I ask you. Why do we win? Why have we won consistently at a high level for such a long time? Well, as promised in this Defending the Kingdom episode, we're focusing on why we win. And with us is the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt, who has taken the franchise to unprecedented levels. First of all, Clark, congratulations on earlier you announcing the extension of both head coach uh, Andy Reid and also uh, with Brett Veach, general manager. Uh, Mitch, it's great to be on with you today and we really, really are excited uh, to be able to announce Andy and Brett's extension. Uh, They've done such a great job in their time with the franchise and I'm glad that both of them wanted to extend their time with us and help us pursue some more world championships. For Brett, it's going to be hard not to campaign for him to be executive of the year to see what he was done, had done in the offseason with the player extensions and to see what he's done to help keep building this franchise. Uh, he's making a pretty strong case, Clark. Uh, yeah, he sure is. Uh, there were a lot of people during the summer uh, as we got Patrick's deal done and then Chris Jones's deal done right, right behind that uh, who mentioned that maybe Brett should win executive of the year before we even played the game. Um, and I think there was a lot, a lot of truth to that. He did a fantastic job managing our, our cap situation, a very, very tight cap situation, and uh, was able to really bring back virtually the entire roster from our Super Bowl 54 team. Uh, so kudos to him. I want to ask you about those two guys in particular, because it seems like in both cases, both Coach Reed and with uh, Brett, they are proactive instead of reactive. What does that mean? in leading and winning at this level to be that way. Yeah, and I think that's right uh, uh, with both of them. Um, I've always found that uh, your best football coaches, your, your best executives, uh, there, there's an element of impatience to them. Uh, they're always thinking about, you know, how can I be better? How can I make the team better? Um, I think with Andy, we, we often see that with, with many of the creative plays. Uh, that, that he pulls out of the bag uh, every week, um, uh, you know, which I, I understand that he designs most of, most of those while he's uh, sitting on the beach in California during the summer. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's tremendous. Andy at this point in his career is still really one of the most creative coaches in the league, and he's coming up with, with new ideas uh, every week to help the football team better. Uh, same thing with Brett. I mean, you talk about, you know, somebody who's impatient, somebody who's aggressive, I think that defines uh, Brett Veach. Uh, you know, he went out and he signed uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, traded for Frank Clark a couple of years ago. We really needed to improve on defense. It was probably our defense that, that prevented us from getting to the Super Bowl in 2018. And uh, <clears throat> it was our defense that, that helped us get there and close the deal uh, last year. So, you know, credit, credit to him for identifying uh, 
ways to make the football team better and then finding a way to go out and execute it. Uh, same thing on, on retaining our veterans uh, the, this offseason, just a tremendous job on his part. Clark, to take this discussion, maybe go on Google Earth at a little bit, at unprecedented levels of winning. I mean, Andy, with 85 wins in seven and a half years, five playoff victories, a Super Bowl championship, back-to-back AFC championship games, and looking at our great history, it, it was always hard to back up after a great year to come back and have another great year. But when you look at what's happened the last seven and a half years, as you look at it uh, from you know outside the realm, so to speak, why has this franchise been able to consistently win now for going into an eighth season? Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of that's really a credit to Andy Reid and his staff and, and the job he does uh, in leading our football team. Uh, one of his, his best qualities is he's very, very consistent. Uh, he, over the years, he developed a formula that, that was successful for him when he was in Philadelphia. Uh, that, that team you know, went through basically over a decade where, where they were one of the most winning teams in, in the National Football League, and he's now been able to repeat it uh, in, in Kansas City. Uh, so I think, I think that's a big part to it. I think it's uh, keeping everybody humble, right? Um, you know, Andy's a very humble person uh, by, by nature. Uh, so is Brett Veach. Uh, but we also have some of those uh, leaders in the locker room who in addition to being uh, great players, they're, they're willing to hold their teammates accountable. Uh, they're humble themselves, and they're making sure everybody stays dialed in and, and focused. And, and, of course, I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyron Matthew. You know, those guys are, are tremendous leaders. And on the respective sides of the ball, they're, they're keeping their guys focused. And I think that's been a big part of our success to, to this point in the season. And I'll say this, you've had those same attributes as well. But to develop culture is very difficult, whether it's in a business, even in a family, uh, but for, for sure in a National Football League team. But what about the culture that has been built here, even that it goes beyond the football side throughout the entire organization? Yeah, that, that's probably one of the, the biggest lessons that, I, that I've learned uh, over the past you know, 14, 15 years is how important the culture is of the team and really the entire organization is to being successful on the field. Uh, if, if you have a group of people uh, that likes working together, who's willing to hold each other accountable and who, who sees the goal and knows where, where we're headed as an organization, you've got a chance uh, of being successful uh, year in, year out. And I think with, with Andy, with Brett, with Mark Donovan on the business side, you know, we have those kind of great leaders uh, who are, are setting that culture. And uh, I think really everybody's uh, bought into that. And it, it extends into the locker room. Um, you know, I, I learned early on, if, if you have some bad apples in the lock, locker room, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you're not going to be successful. And I think we just have a great group of guys in that locker room. Uh, and they're excited to, to, to play with and play for their teammates. And what does it mean that the quarterback has those attributes almost plus plus. I mean, everything that you've said here, it seems like Patrick has checks all those boxes. Yeah, he, he sure does. And, and I think we saw it his first year uh, as a starter back in 2018, you know, when he was, you know, 23 years of age. Um, he, he just, he came into the locker room that, that way. And uh, even though he was a first year starter, um, his teammates really gravitated towards him. 
And I think that just says a lot about his character. Uh, they, they recognized that he was a, a supreme talent. Um, he was somebody who could lead the football team uh, to a lot, lot of victories, but they, he was also somebody that they wanted to play for. And, uh, you know, having your quarterback, really the most important uh, player on, on an NFL roster, you know, have those type of qualities was very, very helpful in, in the team being successful in 18 and 19 and so far this year in 20. And so far this year in 20, sitting here at eight and one, it's a big week. I look at the rest of the AFC, nine teams have records of six and three or more. So it's how we've won to this point. But then from this point on, how difficult it is to continue to try to sustain it. Yeah, that, that's exactly uh, right. And uh, it, it's why uh, Andy Reid doesn't like to spend a lot of time, you know, talking about the success we've had the, the past nine weeks and really wants to focus on the task at hand. And of course, that starts this week uh, with, with the Raiders. This is an incredibly important divisional game uh, this week. Uh, the Raiders are having an outstanding year. They have a very good football team. Uh, and if we want to go where, where we would like to, to go at the end of the season, uh, we, we need to figure out how to be better and how to go out to Las Vegas and, and beat the Raiders. Um, and then just you know, looking at the, the rest of the, the schedule this year, we have a number of games against very, very difficult teams. So uh, we're definitely going to have to stay focused on the task at hand uh, if we want to get back to the playoffs in the Super Bowl. I want to ask you, too, just about the league overall. Let, let's just take our franchise first, though, because everybody's dealing, of course, with the COVID pandemic. But we've taken the lead in working with this, but just the vigilance that's going to be required of everybody in the organization but then as the league and your discussions with the league moving forward to uh, do the best we can with the situation that's been handed to us. Yeah, I, I think, you know, really everybody at the league office and uh, certainly throughout our staff deserve a lot of credit on helping us get to this point uh, where we've you know, made it uh, 10 weeks. Uh, we have had some games that were postponed and had to be rescheduled. Uh, but to this point, we, we've gotten all the games in uh, more or less on, on schedule. And that's taken a Herculean effort uh, on the part of a lot of people, uh, starting with the league and their counterparts at the NFL Players Association who developed the protocols uh, that have largely kept the, the players, coaches, and staff uh, healthy and able to, to play each week. Um, the job's not going to get any easier, though, going forward. Uh, we, we all know there's a, a spike in COVID right now um, across the country, and we're just going to have to remain vigilant, uh, remain humble, uh, remain adaptable, uh, because there's likely to be things that, that change. And, you know, when that, when that change comes, we're just going to have to be, be able to handle it. So it's not going to be an easy task going forward, but uh, I certainly do want to say thank you uh, to all the people who, who made a contribution in helping the league get to this point. And for a franchise as a follow-up, every time I've gone to those five home games, it's been very unique, obviously, but seeing how much, how painstaking uh, people have been and the lengths that they've taken to make sure that for the fans that are there and the folks that are in that stadium, uh, just the lengths that have been taken to make sure that's the best environment possible. Yeah, and I want to say thanks to our great fans uh, for being willing to, to come out um, in, in, you know, very – uh, difficult circumstances. Um, I know that was a, a tough decision for, for a lot of people in, in terms of 
deciding whether it would be safe to come to Arrowhead this year. And our staff has done a great job uh, with protocols, uh, making sure that we can keep people socially distanced, uh, making sure we can uh, keep keep everyone with their, their masks on, um, handling uh, the ingress and egress from the, the stadium uh, in a way that, that keeps everybody safe. Um, and I think really the most encouraging thing I've heard is uh, the fans who've been to games at Arrowhead uh, almost to a person would, would say that it, it was very safe. They felt comfortable being there. And that's a credit to the job our staff's done. And finally, just the discussions with the league looking at the postseason. There have been, there have been discussions of changing the postseason format, maybe adding a team um, at extra week is in there possibly for uh, rescheduled games. Just the discussion because one thing that's been impressive, not only the effort that you give for our franchise, but the way you also are a caretaker for the rest of the National Football League. What about those discussions and how it could look going into the months after the regular season? Well, one of the things the league has had to grapple with going all the way back to March is just contingency planning for everything. Uh, because with, with the virus, you, you don't know, um, you know, what you're going to be able to do and what you're not going to be able to do. And, uh, the, you know, those discussions, you know, several weeks ago turned uh, to the postseason and what would happen if we had teams who weren't able to complete their 16-game uh, season. Um, so you have to start thinking about things about, okay, who qualifies for the playoffs in those circumstances? You have one team that's played 16 and a team that's played 14. How do you decide who makes the playoffs? And so uh, last week uh, we, we approved a contingency plan uh, in the event uh, that not everybody plays the, the same number of games where the playoffs would be expanded uh, from seven teams in each conference to eight. Um, and uh, the seeding uh, to make the playoffs would be based on winning percentage as opposed to just win-loss record. Uh, so those are the type of things that, that the league has really had to think about and, and the type of adjustments that have uh, uh, been contemplated as we've dealt with COVID throughout the year. You know, hopefully we're, we're going to get through this thing. We're going to get through the season. And uh, in, uh, you know, 17 or possibly 18 weeks, everybody's going to get to play 16 games. But if that doesn't happen, uh, the great news is there's a contingency plan and uh, we'll, we'll be off to the playoffs and, and hopefully concluding the season uh, down in Tampa at the, at the Super Bowl. Well, Clark, thank you for the commitment that you've made, Tavia, uh, the Hunt family, your mother, everything to build this franchise into unprecedented winning. For all of us in the Chiefs Kingdom, thanks. And we look forward to uh, the days and weeks ahead where we can continue to try to run it back. Yeah, uh, Mitch, uh, great to be on with you. And uh, for our great fans, we're working uh, day in, day out, uh, trying to run it back. All right, to me, interesting interview, fascinating interview. He was very forthright. I mean, he didn't hold back at all, Shop. He told you what was uh, on his heart. Well, the one thing about it, when you when you know when somebody's confident and you know when somebody has a lot a, a true belief in their heart for what they do, because they're not afraid to share it. You, just because you know the the, the the formula, just because you know the recipe, what ingredients it takes to build a champion, doesn't mean you can go out and get it. There's not a coach like Andy Reid lying around on the corner. You can't find a Pat Mahomes or a Honey Badger or a Frank Clark. You can't find a Clyde Hilaire Edwards. You can't. Those guys aren't just sitting around waiting for you to bring them to your organization. And then even once you get them there, there's so many things that have to be done the right way. 
There has to be a commitment and a value system and a vision put in place for everybody to follow that same goal, that same dream, that same vision. And here at Kansas City, uh, Coach Andy Reid, he sets out such a clear and vivid picture of what it takes from each and every individual player and coaches and, and support staff for this to be a championship organization, there is no gray areas. You eliminate the gray areas, and that's what Coach Andy Reid does better than any other coach um, here in the NFL. Yeah, phenomenal. All right, we're going to close. Again, this episode of Defending the Kingdom is why we win, why we've won for eight years, why we're winning now, big week this week with the Raiders. But as we close, we need to be honest here. How do we keep this going? And what's in the way that could derail the train? So your thoughts, Shop, as we close this episode, how do we keep this going? It's always a great feeling when you know there's 31 other teams in the NFL, but there's only one team that keeps the Chiefs from being a champion, and that's the Chiefs. Their own desire, their own uh, internal fortitude, their own commitment, sacrifice they're willing to make every year to come in being the most prepared whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, to sacrifice for one another, to go out there as a family and fight for 60 minutes every week and show that they're willing to grow, grow every week. They're not worried about the scoreboard. They want to grow so that at the end of the year, they're playing on all cylinders. And if when you know that and you know you have that in your locker room, it's easy to keep coming back, easy to do the protocol, easy to stay away from your family and your friends for an entire season. All of those commitments that everybody thinks is so difficult to do, it becomes easy when you're when you're chasing something that's right within your your, your reach. And the, the Kansas City Chiefs, when it comes down to and they, they know in their heart, the only team, the only team in the NFL that can stand between them and a championship is themselves. Really interesting. This team, and I've said this, resilient. Uh, this team is focused. This team has incredible teamwork. That's how they won Super Bowl 54. That has not changed in this 2020 season, even though it's been very difficult. Raiders week this week. I'll say this as we close, too. If you're getting ready for Thanksgiving, the thing that can derail the train for any team this year is the whole COVID thing. We're going into the holidays. It's going to be very difficult. We're not going to be able to meet with families like we have in the past. The only thing we're going to do, I think we're going to have a Zoom call with my dad. Maybe do the dinner right with him. We'll go on a Zoom call. We're eating. It's like we're eating there uh, person to person. But the whole wash your hands, watch your distance, wear a mask, but just be really wise and unselfish here. It's the key to the Chiefs. It's the key to the other 31 teams because COVID, we've seen it. They've derailed teams. The Patriots are scrambling uh, because they had COVID issues earlier. That's going to be a, a big, big deal here, especially coming into the holidays. Well, going into the holidays, man, if you're alone, you're out there, um, make a meal, say a blessing, and on Thursday, celebrate with us. Celebrate with the kingdom. Uh, me and Mitch will be there available for you. Just think about us in your mind, man. Uh, we love you if nobody else does. <laughs> we, we just want everybody to be safe as possible. Have a blessed holiday. Um, think about your loved ones. Um, and if you have a moment, um, say a prayer for uh, those that are a little bit less fortunate. Some, some of those that don't have the uh, the meal in front of them. They don't have the turkey and the yams and the, the ham and all the stuffings and everything. There's some out there that they have nothing. Um, so before you take that first bite, say a little prayer for those that, that are without and, and hope that they make it through the holidays safe and sound. And let's just wish everybody stays safe um, and COVID-free. Uh, like you said, though, it's Raider Week. It's Raider Week, baby. Let's go get this done. Thanks for uh, being with us. Why we win. This winning is fun. Shop, we're going to try to keep it rolling and run it back. 
He's Sean Barber. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Thanks for joining us on this Why We Win edition of Defending the Kingdom.